What does the Georgia runoff mean for the housing market? The listing crisis in America is real. What should agents be doing to solve it? And we got another Philly feel-good story next on Tool Time. We are back on Tool Time, first episode of 2021. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. Interesting week this week, huh? I mean, a lot of crazy stuff happening. For sure. The Georgia runoff, we'll, we'll start there. That obviously led to a whole bunch of stuff that happened in the country. And we're not going to talk about that. Here is the question. What does that mean for the housing market? I think that's a big question a lot of people have. So what do you think about all this, Sarah? Yeah, so there are a couple different ways that this is going to play into the housing market. Um, One of the top ones is just that Biden um, will now have a little bit of an easier time maybe getting some things to pass through. One thing that he had talked about doing um, a little while back was putting, um, for first-time homebuyers, a $15,000 credit uh, or a tax break. And um, I think that now he will have a little bit more of a chance of getting that pushed through um, quicker. So that's definitely going to be something that will will help out first-time home buyers and affect uh, the housing market. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? It's going to be way easier to get things passed because Washington, if they're known for one thing besides corrupt politicians, it would be not getting anything done and being in gridlock and not being able to move things forward. And that was the big contention point with this Georgia election is they had to take both seats and now they displaced the Senate majority lead for one side. Now it's all, all Democratic. And, you know, I think the thing people need to be aware of, too, is that I don't think it's going to be just like a clear path to pass whatever you want because you still need 60 votes to clear a filibuster. You know what a filibuster is? It's when they talk forever and don't get anything done. Sounds like politics, uh, normal stuff. So, the, you know, that that's something that I, I think people are forgetting about, even though there is a majority right now. Um, the two thousand hour checks from the Cash Cares Act, like that, should be pretty easier, uh, easily passed. And the the thing I think is going to happen, and we talked a little bit about this before the show, is all these tax changes that were made when Trump took office. So the MI deduction going from seven hundred uh, from a million dollars on your loan amount to seven fifty. So you can't write off that extra two hundred fifty thousand dollars in mortgage uh, mortgage insurance. Uh, or mortgage interest, excuse me, uh, property tax deductions got lowered. You might see some of that stuff get rolled back as well because usually when someone new takes office, they go in and they undo all the stuff that got done by the last administration. Like that's like the MO. And I see a lot of that happening here. I mean, this has been a, a like a, like a nasty election. Uh, sure. I'm I'm glad this is over. Frankly, like hopefully. When's the inauguration? Like like a week or two? Like yeah, can we get there any sooner? I think we're like thirteen days. Or? Who's counting, right? You know. So the, the whole point is, I, I think. Look, the, the results in. It's over. Let's move on. It will be easier for some of these things to get passed. I still don't see it changing the market though. Like I, I don't see more houses becoming available all of a sudden. The one thing to keep your eye on is like monetary policy. I think you got to be careful there. But I don't think anything really is going to change too much other than some of these things have a clearer path to get uh, to, to, to get approved and get voted into law. Absolutely. I mean, I think our big obstacle right now is still um, lack of inventory, which, you know, some of these things are going to be great. Um, but until the inventory opens up a little bit more, um, that in itself, I don't know, will have a major, major impact on the housing market, but it will certainly affect it to some degree. Well, I mean, the first time homebuyer tax credit is probably not going to help it at all. Like, it's like we want more demand now. I mean, that's going to you know create more competition. Now, at the same time, bringing back some of these deductions, I think if, if they do get rolled back, because that was a big change for a lot of people. I remember going through real estate transactions when that got passed and 
there was a, a client of ours, and they were buying a home, and she, uh, the wife, they're both in finance. The wife is a, a professor of finance, and they said, okay, now that this got passed, the value of this home, which they're bidding on at the time, just went down based on the time uh, value calculation of money, which is real, because all of a sudden you got, you're not taking those tax credits like you normally would. So, you know, I mean, I guess this is more of a wait and see. I, I, it'll be easier for him to get things passed with his agenda, but... I don't see like the housing market all of a sudden like, hey, there's more homes available and it's going to be a lot easier for buyers, which is the biggest challenge that we're seeing right now. Sure. Which leads us to the next topic. So good segue there. That was that was not planned, but we did a nice job. So uh, there is a listing crisis right now. I mean, we're feeling it. I mean, you know, we buyers are getting outbid. Um, things are happening. So what should agents be doing to try to generate more listings? Because I think a lot of them are like, well, we're just wait. Like they, they, they tell their buyers we have to wait. And, and they're not actually actively going out and doing things to create more inventory. So what do you think about that? Like what should agents be doing right now to generate more listings? Sure. It's definitely a frustrating uh, thing for agents when you have buyers that they, they're motivated, they want to get out there, and there just aren't homes. Let's say that um, you had a listing in a neighborhood that a lot of people were coming in at. Maybe you got a lot of offers on that house. Um, maybe you even had a buyer that was coming in and was interested on that property. Um, once it goes through, you could actually reach out to the other homeowners right there and say, hey, I just sold your neighbor's house at 123 Banana Street um, for this much over the asking in this many days. Have you thought about moving? There are a lot of people out there that you might not realize have been maybe on the line for a little bit or maybe we're thinking, yeah, you know, in a couple of years I would probably want to move. But when they hear what's going on right now, that might be enough for them to um, want to kind of pull the trigger or at least find out um, what their options are now and what's going on in the market. Because it's very easy if you're not currently either actively looking to buy or sell, you'll hear snippets of what's going on, but not to really like pay too much attention to it because it doesn't really involve you so much right then. So um, getting more information um, could be something that could kind of make them change their timeline and and think about making a move a little bit sooner. So that can certainly open up um, more potential listings um, for for your buyers. Well, what I love about that is it's sweat equity, right? Like there's not going to be a magic bullet here. And the thing to be aware of is that you mentioned it. Like only five percent of the populations in, in, in the spot where they want to make a real estate decision. Nobody else, like people have no idea. I remember like during the shutdown, I'm talking to my cousin, and like our whole family's in real estate. And he goes, "Wait, real estate? You can't do anything in person?" And he had no idea because he had no intention of buying a house. He moved, you know, moved a couple of years ago. He's good to go. And like he's not a dumb guy. It's just he ha- he, he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't. He, he's got his house. He's he was still working. He's a scientist. He's ready to go. So. That's a great example of someone who has like tons of realtors around him. Literally, there's like five realtors and like the it's my you know my dad's sister's uh, son. So I think that that's a really great point. And at the same time, people are like they got what for their house? Like that right. that's been the reaction that we've seen a lot of. So I love you know going out and making things happen. I totally agree with that. And that's uh, definitely one that you it's it's unfortunately not a just a magic thing that happens. You do have to put some time and effort into it, but. Um, you can get good results. You can also reach out to your sphere, to people that you yeah. that you know, that you've worked with in the past, that you've done transactions with in the past, um, and just find out if they know anybody who is thinking about selling. Um, because the sooner that you have knowledge of a house coming to market, whether you're going to be the one that lists it or just general knowledge of what's going on, that gives a leg up for you to be able to provide your buyers. 
um, and they will absolutely appreciate that. Well, you know, great. I mean, you're taking all the words right out of my mouth, which I love, which means that we work well together, obviously, which is really cool. But, you know, your sphere, you already got a relationship with them, right? So even if you have to go in and, like, talk to those people, it's got that third-party stamp of approval. It's a lot different than just calling someone cold, and they're like, who are you again? And which, you know, happens. I've heard that many times on the phone. But these people already know you like you, trust you. And then if their friends are moving or they have some sort of trusted partner or person in their lives that's saying, you need to talk to Sarah to go list your home, so if you need to sell, call her, right? Um, kidding. Um, halfway. But the, the point is, like that that's something that's unique to you that no one else can work the same way you will. So those two things are, are automatics. And the other thing I would tell people is, like be on the lookout. Like Keep your antenna up because when you're looking for something, and this is like, I, I, I don't know, there, there's, a, there's like a rule for this or a theory, but when you're looking for something, it starts to appear more in front of you when it's on your mind. So if you're thinking, I need to find listings instead of I need to do sales, because when you're finding listings, that's got an exponential effect on your business. That's going to help a lot of people. You're going to help those people because they need to sell. You're going to help some buyer out there that hasn't been able to find something. So just keeping it top of mind. But we, we watched a, um, at the Tom Ferry Summit, Gary V did a keynote. And I know we watched it with some of the team members. I gave, like, we, we summarized it and did all this. And what he said is old school tactics work. So before Zillow existed, before all these sites were out there, literally the way people would get through to clients, they'd like go in the phone book and look up people's numbers and call them like in the neighborhood where they sold a home. They would call the people they know. I mean, that stuff works. And when you're in a tech heavy market like this, sometimes you got to go to the sweat equity and outmaneuver people. And if you're serious about helping your clients, like this is what you need to be doing. You need to be making a continuous focus on picking up the phone and finding listings. And whoever talks to the most people, you know, and, and sets the most appointments and goes on them, sells the most houses anyway. So, you're going to be helping a lot of people there. So I think it's just getting back to basics and not waiting for the stuff to roll in and pop up in your email or on your phone. Yeah, and I think also, um, absolutely, and just being organized and kind of having some forethought as to what's going on. So I know there are quite a few people that I've been working with recently who know that their home will sell very easily, but they don't want to list it yet because they don't want to be in a position of not being into, not being under contract for their next home. Well, when they're going to put the offer in on their next home, when it's uh, contingent upon the sale of their home and there isn't anything, that can kind of create a little bit of unease from the seller if they have other offers that don't have that. So if you know of buyers that would also then be interested in the home that your client will be listing, just kind of like lining things up a little bit in your head and knowing what you can do to kind of ease things through once the ball starts moving on some of the other ends it can make things go a lot smoother, and that affects a number of transactions, which um, is what you want, smooth transactions. Yeah, right. Well, you're talking about second-level thinking. This is what a business person does, and enough realtors, they just chase deals. They don't think about, okay, well, I've got these people over here, and I've got this great listing that I know is gonna sell, so maybe I need to kind of line these people up and get there, and you know, so I, I think you know, just going through and putting the pieces together, like taking your time, getting organized and being prepped rather than just showing up and hoping the home's going to sell itself, which is the problem with real estate. It's why there's such a high failure rate. Mm -hmm. The the other thing I'll point out that you mentioned there, which I I found to be really interesting, is you you talked about having the forethought to put this stuff together, but also like with those people that have contingent offers, you got to ask them tough questions like, hey, what's your plan B if this home sells and we can't find you a new one? Because it's getting a contingent offer accepted, that's like unheard of right now. It's something that doesn't happen unless the listing's been sitting on the market. And, and right now we've got less than a two month supply of homes available in the greater Philadelphia area. So 
if you're talking to people that have to sell to buy, then you might need to think about going to a short-term rental. They might need to be thinking about moving in with their parents. Like, I know it sounds scary. Or moving in with a relative. And look, it's hard when you have kids and all that stuff. But these are the decisions people need to make if they want to move. And they're going to benefit long-term. And it comes back to that thing of like, what are you going to sacrifice short-term for the long-term gain? And that's the kind of market we're in right now. Yeah. Is it ideal? No. Do we want to see people do that? Not if they have to or not if they don't have to. And at the same time, like that may be what needs to happen. Right. So, and it's kind of prepping them with like, listen, we hope that this isn't what has to happen. But if this is what has to happen to make this go through and for you to end up in the home that you ultimately want to be in, are you willing to live with mom and dad for a little bit? Or like, are you willing to make mm-hmm. those adjustments? And like, that's a way that you can position your offer. We always talk about, uh, you know, there's terms and there's pricing when it goes to putting an offer together. This is something that we can do term-wise without having to change our offer price that can make it stick out more. So it's getting a little bit creative, but. So take notes, this is, this is good stuff. And I, I, the point here is for the people that are watching that are not in real estate, like this is stuff you need to be thinking about. I mean, it's not easy out there right now to find a home and we get that and we wanna just present all the options so we can make it as easy as possible for you. And this is what agents should be thinking about if they're serious about their business and helping people. All right, so. We're going to talk next about some more Philly feel-good stories. I like this little segment that we came up with. It kind of happened by accident. So your boy, our boy, we both like him, Dave Portnoy and the Barstool Fund. If you've driven down westbound on 76, you have seen La Colina Restaurant. like it, And it, probably it stopped in dead stop traffic staring at it for yeah, a while. Yes, yeah. so <laughs> you've that, seen it. <laughs> well, that's, that's like an iconic restaurant. I mean, I, I've, I've been there once. Like, I haven't been there a lot, but it's like everyone knows where it is. It's right in Belmont Hills. It sits overlooking the, uh, the Schuylkill Expressway. And you know, they don't have a great venue for outdoor dining because if you've been close to there and Belmont Hills, there's like no parking. They have enough room for two tables outside. That was it. And uh, so the, the Barstool Fund, which, um, and feel free to jump in here, Sarah. I don't want to do all the talking. Um, it, it, so they, they got the call from the Barstool Fund four days ago. And that is amazing to me. And they've helped 88 businesses so far. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Barstool Fund? Because I know you follow uh, them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, as I'm sure everyone knows, they've been helping out a lot of a lot of businesses and some of the criteria that they have in order for you to uh, be one of the people that qualifies for their help. Well, you have to submit like a video to them and kind of explain your situation. Which I love, by the way. Which is great. That's 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 all right up my alley. Keep going. Sorry. And you also have to be a business that's been continuing to pay your employees throughout the pandemic. So you've whether or not your doors have been open or shut you've been continuing to um, make your staff still have have a paycheck. Um, so, which I think is really great that they wanna help the businesses that really care about their employees because um, there's such a big trickle down effect there that's gonna you know really affect everything, the entire community. So they have a great standard for what they're looking for in terms of who they wanna help. And if you've seen any of the videos of when then um, he calls them back and like FaceTimes them to tell them that they got the, um, that they're gonna be getting the financial support, it's so great. Like it'll make you cry. Like they're so cute. Like everybody's so excited. And um, it's just, it is such a feel good thing. Like it's just makes you happy. Well, and what I, what I love that they're doing is like, ever since this whole thing started, like, I mean, he Dave has been like, what's going on here? Like people should be allowed to go do what they want. And if you feel unsafe, don't like nothing. I don't think that's unreasonable. Right. And and I know I felt that way. I mean, you, I was like, I was doing the same thing he was when we were shut down back in March, April and May. And it was like, 
we can do this safe. There's a reason to do it. Just let us do it. And then, you know, if people don't feel comfortable, they're not going to meet with us anyway. And when it came to real estate, so what he did, I think it was, it was funny. So the guy who's on the profit, Marcus Lamonis, like huge, like, you know, amazing business person. He challenged Dave and he's like, hey, stool presidente, put your money where your mouth is. I'll match a half million dollars each. So they did. He started off with and then so then Marcus never even contributed. But I don't think that really matters. Um <laughs> To date, they've raised $19,274,656. That updates every five minutes on their site. They've helped 88 small businesses, and they got almost 155,000 people to donate. So to me, this is someone who already saved the Reading Terminal, right? Like, let's not, like, forget about this. Like, this is someone that's taking social media that is, he's helping local businesses. I mean, La Colina is just so iconic, like, in Philadelphia. I mean, that place has been there forever. I mean, the, the owner who's in the video, like, he'll go around and serve the table. Like, he was, like, serving my wife and I drinks when we were there a, a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's it's so important because a lot of these places, it's a lot of, like, restaurants. But then there's a few that are, like, dry cleaners or barber shops, And, you know, they're, 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 they've they're been paying their employees, which, you know, in, in this situation that's going on right now, it's been really tough for a lot of people. So... This and does this, not get enough press. Right. And this isn't a one-time payment that Agreed, they're getting. Yeah. It's a commitment that they will be... Uh, you know, financially supporting them and helping them out throughout the duration of what's going on here. So it's because I think that some of these different bailouts and some of these different things allowed the small business owners to like breathe for a minute, you know, but then it's like, oh my gosh, what's next? And this, if you, you know, get the call that you're uh, going to be one of the included people in this, you have ongoing support and you can really like, <laughs> you know, feel it. So that's great. Look, I mean, I, I I'd love to say I, I know what it feels like to be these businesses here, but there was a period of time. I mean, you know, you I mean, everyone was pretty stressed out when it came to real estate. We didn't know what we'd be able to do, and you know, multiply that times like eight or ten. Like it's really what what these folks are going through, and you know, the fact that they're helping local businesses. This does not get enough press. I mean, I saw some tweet where it was like, oh, Beyonce is raising a half million dollars, and then Dave Portner goes, yeah, I raised twenty million. Thanks for the press, and and it was something to that extent. And you know, this this is. Uh, and, and, you know, Barstool was a small business. I think that's the difference here. Like this started from like nothing. I mean, they were doing they were like running like a, I, it was like it was like a sports blog in Vegas and it centered around like sports betting. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. So, uh, you know, if you can, I mean, indoor dining's open. So they these places can you can go open up and support them now. So I think that's the best thing. But I, I love the story just because there's been so many like between that and Reading Terminal. I mean, that's those were like iconic Philadelphia area places, which is really cool. And I'm glad they and he raised like what? Like it was like a quarter million dollars to keep them open. So yeah. good stuff. He's probably not watching this, but uh, hopefully. Thanks anyway. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> so we got a couple businesses we want to highlight specifically that are doing igloo, like outdoor bubble dining. So um, the first one is the Epicurean Garage in Chester Springs. Uh, the second one is La Fava in Glen Mills. And there's Savona in Gulf Mills that uh, it's uh, um, right on, um, like, it turns into Montgomery Ave coming off of the 76 exit. They got a big tent outside. And Sarah has one she wants to talk about, which is like a funny place. We'll talk about it in a second. So, what do you got? Yeah. So, the General Warren um, in the General Warren Inn in Malvern is also doing this. Um, General Warren's great. That's actually where Tom and I met many yeah. years ago. We're not like, we met at a networking event. Yeah, like, it was a networking it, it, event. It sounds weird to say it that way. But, uh. <laughs> yes, we met at a business networking event uh, event there many years ago. So um, happy to see that they're incorporating this. They're a business that has been 
around what since like the Revolutionary yeah. War. I mean, it's like so, literally like an old inn, and and these other places too. Like these, like these are local places people go to all over Chester County and in Montgomery County and, and Delaware County as well. So, what we'll do, I mean, it's like, you know. It's just like La Colina. Like these places have been there forever. They're fabrics of the community, and some people just aren't going to go indoor dining right now, no matter if it's open or not. Like right. I mean, they're just not going to be comfortable with it. So having like your own space is is pretty cool. It's pretty pretty uh, ingenuitive, if that's a word. Right, and it's kind of fun too. Like it's not just like all right, we're going to make this work, and like it's obviously going to be less fun than the real thing. You know, like having your own little igloo is like I don't know. It's just kind of fun. It's different. I I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, so I mean, this is something that's on our like to do list for the winter time for sure, especially because it's heated out there. Because yeah. I I've been to an outdoor lunch like recently, and it is cold AF outside right now, so it's like not fun. Like I mean, it's not it, you know this is a little better. So, in the General Warren Inn, if I recall, they have like very hot heaters there. Like they, they have heaters that like <laughs> would probably burn your foot off, and like I mean, it's it's like they're I mean, it looks like they're like oil heat. Like it's yeah, crazy. They're they're good ones. So we're going to post all this stuff. Go check these places out if you're in, like, the Downingtown, Chester Springs area, Malvern, Great Valley, Glen Mills, Westchester, and then Gulf Mills, Lower Marion, King of Prussia. So we tried to hit on a couple there where you could go. Not everyone's doing it, but it is a cool thing. And, like, you know, you're it's freezing cold outside, but you're inside. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe you get lucky, it'll snow. Who knows? That's all we got this week. We had a lot yeah. to talk about. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Bye.